Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening. This is episode 61 of the Undisputed Future Podcast, your longest-running, independently-produced home for NXT discussion. I am C.D. Danny Mac. <clears throat> it is a beautiful day here in Carmela's kingdom of Staten Island, New York, and a lot of things to discuss on the July 18th edition of NXT TV. But first things first, let's talk about the undisputed future of the brand of NXT with some new performance center talents. A brand new class entering, and I'm going to give you guys five names that personally stand out to me. Feel free to give me your thoughts, not just on the new performance center class, but specifically May Young Classic 2 competitors. The hype for that has been building over the past number of days, especially with my number one pick to win the whole thing so far, the Fujiwara armbar specialist and the mates of Marty Skrull, Diana Perazzo. Diana Perazzo, a NXT talent we have seen on the circuit before. She's a standout. Despite not having any wins on NXT television, she is an accomplished women's wrestler all over the globe, and I could not be more than happy to finally see her as a full-timed signed NXT television talent. Of course, we have appearing at TakeOver already, the monster known as Keith Lee. Keith Lee, another hybrid athlete, debuts from a all-around sort of style and angle. The guy is the guy is a great talent and a size-worthy opponent for, I'd say, Lars Sullivan right off the bat. Io Shirai, another female talent, making her presence known. A second Japanese phenom to accompany Kyrie Sane and to pull up the reins set in NXT by Asuka. We also have a UFC talent and champion in Kane Velasquez, also training at the Performance Center right now. I'm more than hyped to see his NXT future as well. But one guy who I had not heard of prior to the announcement of the NXT Performance Center class, the number one athlete in Duke's wrestling program, Jacob Casper. Jacob Casper reminds me of, if anybody out there has seen Blue Mountain State and Golden Arm, the prospect's quarterback who ate, slept, and shit football, that's kind of what Jacob Casper reminds me of in the wrestling equivalents. The kid is dedicated. The kid has incredibly straight-edge values, which could be popular among more CM Punk hardcore fans, but definitely strikes me as an impressive athlete. He has a similar look to Jack Swagger, a accomplished amateur wrestling background in the NCAA to complement those facts as well. So those are five names to stand out to me in this new performance center class. And Io Shirai and Diana Perazzo, I cannot wait for their respective performances in the May Young Classic 2. Two early favorites, and I'm going to add former Divas champion Celeste Bonin, also known as Caitlin, as my top three early favorites for the May Young Classic 2. Feel free to shoot me your thoughts at podcast underscore UF being the Twitter, probably the best and most accessible way to get to me, but not just me, as well as the other wrestling podcasts out there. Cheers to anybody attending StarCast 2018 right before All In. I wish I was out there with you guys. 
I'll give a couple shout-outs towards the end of the show, but let's jump into exactly what you guys came here to listen to. July 18th, NXT television coverage, and we, Team NXT, are team kicking things off with Dakota Kai taking on the lady of NXT, Lacey Evans. If you guys ever find yourself tweeting about Dakota Kai and throw in that hashtag Team Kick, uh, feel free to drop a hashtag Team NXT. I'll be sure to see it and get a like or a retweet in there as well. But off of social media, let's jump into in-ring action. It's the speed of Dakota Kai versus the size and ruthlessness of Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans trash-talking coming to fruition here. The two also exchanged jabs over social media, so I guess I wasn't too far out with the stretch of Twitter discussion as I thought I was. But Lacey Evans, I can only talk about Lacey Evans' constant improvement since getting consistent screen time here in NXT. She knows her character, she plays her role very well, and she's the aggressive, the aggression kicking up from Evans since that Kyrie Sane rivalry. It's been very, very fun to watch an absolutely dominant performance against Dakota Kai here as well. Kai getting tied to the turnbuckle by Lacey Evans, something I had not seen in a matchup. If I've seen it before, I don't remember the last time I've seen it. Definitely a unique way to deliver the Bronco Buster. I spoke on the aggression and improvement consistently on the rise with Lacey Evans. Evans is shaping up to be a complete player in the women's division right now. A shocking name left out of the Fatal 4-Way, or formerly known as Fatal 4-Way, before the unfortunate injury angle they seem to be playing with Bianca Belair. But the EST will definitely get her time to shine once again also. But jumping back into this match, Dakota Kai, you can't speak enough about the underdog appeal that Dakota Kai has. Her unique look, her unique moveset, and the way she connects with the crowd, it's all bound to deliver sometime soon. And that face wash kicking combo is probably the standout signature move in hashtag team kick in my arrange in my personal opinion. A face rearrangement aggression coming out of Dakota Kai also, I'm not going to undersell Dakota Kai's performance, but the dominance by Lacey Evans is undeniable. Kai would get clocked with the woman's right hand. A sudden strike by Lacey Evans for the NXT television win. Honestly, I thought this match could have gone either way. I wasn't in any position before I watched it on television. To make a prediction, I think both of these ladies' stock is consistently rising in the division. Hopefully, we get another standout performance in a Mae Young Classic tournament setting. We've seen present NXT talents in that tournament before, so I'm hoping Kai or Evans gets another chance to stand out in that one. It wasn't enough, though, for Lacey Evans just to get the physical win over Dakota Kai. The increased trash talk. Not just on Twitter, not just in the beginning of the match, not just in the middle of the ring, but post-match jaw jabs by Evans. And those jaw jabs might just be as powerful on Dakota Kai's psyche as the sudden jab was on her jaw. But Lacey Evans, a successful win on NXT television. Dakota Kai proving that her stock is rising. 
but it's very hard to stop the hot streak of the lady of NXT right now. An accomplished woman just seems to want to accomplish even more. From the recent success of Lacey Evans, let's talk worldwide success with the one and only Ricochet. Ricochet getting an interview regarding the Undisputed Era and Adam Cole. Ricochet getting the chance to play the superhero foil to Undisputed Era just a couple of weeks ago. He says Adam Cole stole that inaugural North American Championship from Ricochet. And based on everybody's performance in that matchup, it's very difficult. You can't say one man would have won that match. You can only go by the one man to win that match. That match was wide open, five other competitors worthy besides Ricochet. He hides behind his boys, and Ricochet has not forgotten that shortcoming in the inaugural North American title match. He wants Adam Cole one versus one. I think I think I like this. I like the superhero aura that Ricochet's been giving off, and Adam Cole is kind of a diabolical genius in uh in the sense that he's leading a very accomplished gang, not just a gang of flunkies that uh that go out and do his work for him. He's not leading a gang of putties, if I can put this in Power Rangers terms for you guys. He's not leading just anybody to go out there and take an ass whooping. He's leading an accomplished Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly, the current NXT Tag Team Champions, and another Tag Team Specialist in Bobby Fish. So Ricochet has his hands full no matter who he decides to pick a fight with in the Undisputed Era. And Adam Cole knows that. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit in this episode of NXT to a signature Undisputed Era NWO style promo. The music playing in the background, Adam Cole cracking jokes and responding to Ricochet in the form that Ricochet himself was a joke. And I may have said that inaugural North American title match was wide open, but I would never call the one and only a joke or anybody to underestimate. But you can do these things when you're the first ever champ. You can do something like that, and you can say these things when you got a smile that shines as bright as Adam Cole, when you got the support of an accomplished Dusty Rhodes Cup and NXT Tag Team title winning team in the rest of Undisputed Era. These guys remind me of OG Cobra Kai's. They're bullying their way through all divisions of NXT. Besides the predicted women's division rung of the Undisputed Era ladder, we know of the former Tynera Kanchi sort of hired gun a number of months ago, but she seems to be leading a stable of real black belts. I cannot wait to see Adrian Jodes. NXT television resurfacing, as well as the standout star of Cesar Banani. But Undisputed Era proving their points and saying they'll take on Ricochet and they'll take his word where his mouth is, I'm hoping we see a next week match with the North American champion Adam Cole taking on the one and only. I don't have anything confirmed as of Saturday, as of Friday, July 20th. I plan on releasing this episode on Saturday. And before I trip up any more and get my schedule mixed up, let's speak out in some NXT Tag Team Division action. We have the return 
of the Street Profits. The Street Profits getting a chance to return home and to ball out. They were motivated by payback in this short little Snapchat story. Motivated by payback on the formerly known as TM61, though currently referenced as TM61 in this video promo. The mighty Shane Thorne and Nick Miller, Street Profits, were victims of this new attitude and these new antics and the foot-on-the-rope strategy that TM61 formerly, actually, formerly and probably somewhere in the present, I see them trying to instrument this into a victory again, and yes, I caught myself saying TM61 again. It's a very hard habit to break out there, Team NXT, especially when you play Pokemon as much as I do, and TMs are consistently on your mind. But the Street Talk returns, the Street Smack Talk returns from the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford looking to get their hands on the mighty with a little bit of Street Redemption. Drifting back to another off-ring camera-based backstage promo with more of a unique environment, we hear from the top 1% of EC3. EC3 issuing a very not-friendly reminder to Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream, his former tag team partner in Royal Albert Hall, taking on the aforementioned one and only Ricochet and the current NXT champion, Alistair Black. Velveteen Dream walking out on EC3 during this Royal Albert Hall spectacle showcase NXT tag team match, and EC3 does not settle well with losses. We all know his catchphrase, victory after victory after victory, and it was actually a pretty victorious day if you were a fan of EC3 and just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Some plugs with the fans for his merchandise, a selfie in there as well. But then, along came Kona Reeves. Kona Reeves, also known as EC3.5. Get it? Half dosage, half percents. He's probably half of what the 1% of NXT is all about. I hear some of you laughing, I hope, and uh, I don't know. It, it takes a lot to try and redeem a Kona Reeves segment. Kona Reeves mouthing off the similarities between the two. Says the suit, the watch, and the tan, it's all nice, but it's not the finest. It's not the finest. It's not the finest. It's not the finest. Kona Reeves is yet to have anything that strikes me as the finest in-ring performance on NXT television. I'm hoping for a fight between the two rich guys. I'm hoping that something can spark a little more interest of Kona Reeves because we do have... We have a plethora of big money and top 1% rich guy talents in NXT right now. We have the two in this segment. We have we have the leader of NXT. We have EC3. We have the self-proclaimed finest Kona Reeves. But let's not forget about the initial big money named on this show. The big money athletes, formerly known as Riddick Moss and who I believe is going to consistently have the rich guy character on that team, I'm talking Tino Sabatelli. Tino Sabatelli already has his feet way deep in this rich guy gimmick. Granted, it was in a tag team with Riddick Moss, but we've already seen the fancy suits out of him. We see the guy pull up in a Maserati. 
the aforementioned Street Profits had a promo with the big money athletes based on the finest car out there in the NXT Full Sail University parking lot, Tino Sabatelli's white Maserati. There's really, there's no room for it. I'm hoping for just another layer in the Kona Reeves character. Give me something. Remember his old, strange, Hawaiian sort of character? I believe we last saw it in his singles matchup against the now-champion Aleister Black in his early singles winning streak. I have a feeling that that character is not totally lost. There's something there, There's something that has to be redeemed in this finest gimmick. I really think that it could be Kona Reeves sort of snapping psychologically and forcing himself into a false state of grandeur, that he's living larger than his means actually represent, that we're not seeing the full picture when we see the fancy sunglasses and the long hair and the fake chains and the overly fuzzy coats for a Florida temperature. There's got to be something deeper to the finest gimmick because it's way too crowded in the top 1% of NXTs right now. We have NX3 and the guy doing it best in EC3 and a guy who I could probably see being a way more fitting rival for him in the future in the big money one, the Maserati Sabatelli. So those are just my thoughts. Give me your thoughts on Kona Reeves EC3, a possible matchup between the two rich guys next week on NXT television. I don't like speaking negative about anything on NXT out there, team, but uh, it's hard to try and sit here by myself and make a Kona Reeves segment interesting, despite having the handicap of EC3's shining personality. Let's take a little bit of a flashback, though, to an NXT championship match that will take place next week between the psychopath Tommaso Ciampa and the Dutch destroyer Aleister Black. A already hard-hitting rivalry, Tommaso Ciampa has his eyes off Gargano for now and his eyes set on the NXT championship, and Aleister Black, a man who doesn't fear any competitors, will take on the Sicilian psychopath next week. Aleister Black has a case to make for Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano begging and pleading that Tommaso Ciampa cannot be NXT champion. It's it's like forcing Thanos away from the Infinity Stones. But will destiny still arrive? What is the stake of the future of the NXT brand Next week, a major blockbuster championship matchup. It's Tommaso Ciampa taking on Aleister Black. A very great video package for this for this edition of NXT. Actually, two brilliant video packages. I might as well jump ahead a little bit before I talk about the next one. I'm going to talk about the War Raiders in just a matter of minutes. But just a couple closing thoughts on the Aleister Black and Tommaso Ciampa stuff. Um, unfortunately, spoilers leaking on Twitter and social media and even WWE's official site, but if you've listened to me before, you know of my strict hashtag spoiler-free zone policies. I will never discuss NXT tapings one bundle at a time. I'm living life as a fan just like the rest of you one week at a time. I want to be shocked. I want to be surprised. I want all of these things for my benefit. Anything that can help me suspend my disbelief and Anything unpredictable that will make me forget about life for just a matter of moments, for good or for bad, in my perspective as a fan, 
I want to see it firsthand. I don't want it spoiled hours, weeks, days in advance. I don't want it to happen. I know a lot of you attend the full sale tapings and I could not be possibly more jealous. But remember, there's fans out there that are not as fortunate. There's fans out there who wait and don't read and want to experience everything firsthand for the first time watching it on the WWE Network. I'm not going to sit here and do any special spoiler events. I'm not going to sit here and do any post-show spoiler segment. I'm going to join you guys hopefully again next week for a segment of an NXT championship matchup between two of arguably the band's the brand's best talents, certainly in a top five. Aleister Black vs. Tommaso Ciampa, NXT World Championship, next week on July 25th. I actually didn't realize how much time I was into on the show already, so I'm going to discuss the very brief Cassius Ono versus I believe his name was Damon Ramirez, a very quick W, a very serious and much-needed W for Cassius Ono. Cassius Ono, you could tell, was oh, no nonsense from the very moment he made his way out of the curtain and arrive, elbow, and leave for the formerly known Chris Hero. A rolling elbow, dominance, kick-ass, unfortunate circumstance for Mr. Ramirez, but Cassius Ono hopefully stepping away from a gatekeeper in NXT sort of role and hopefully earns his way back into serious contention for anywhere in NXT, to be honest. I wouldn't mind seeing him take up a tag team reign somewhere. The tag team division's a little crowded right now, but just kind of spitballing there. I wouldn't mind seeing Adam Cole versus Cassius Ono for that North American Championship if Cassius could string together a couple wins. Him versus Ricochet, even. Uh, We take this serious thing with Cassius Ono to another level, make him an aggressive heel and give Ricochet the title and play a giant killer sort of role like uh, like uh, like Rey Mysterio did against Kevin Nash and the Giants and a number of others back in the day. There's a lot of things that can be done with a man as talented as Cassius Ono, but victory after victory is the way to go for Cassius Ono. And I'm going to end that segment on a rhyme and jump into tag team coverage in this mini Viking documentary. It felt like a who is, who are, who are War Raiders segment on NXT this week. Dominance wherever they have arrived, whether it be Ring of Honor, Japan, PWG, the list of their tag team title reigns goes on and on. But the most interesting fact about this team here, Team NXT, in my personal opinion... They actually have a parallel in their roots to a team they've recently vanquished. They have a very similar coming-of-age story as TM61, The Mighty, Shane Thorne, and Nick Miller. They started out as opponents, and they figured if they could hit other people as hard as they could hit each other, they would be unstoppable, and unstoppable they have been on NXT television. I mentioned a couple of shows ago that I can see them filling the big shoes left by the Authors of Pain in Brooklyn at an NXT Tag Team title match, and I can definitely see the War Raiders jumping into top contention by this August. It felt like a mini Viking documentary, and we got a lot of the human backstory 
of the War Raiders, just the tiniest bit believable, and I really admire that parallel they had to TM61. Another video package this week, if you missed it, you need to experience it. The Velveteen Dream, the ambiance, the atmosphere, the lighting, it is all right, it's a perfect experience, and yeah, we can hear it. We can hear his name. From crowd to crowd, from Full Sail to Philly to New Orleans, wherever the Velveteen Dream has stepped foot, he has gotten a well-deserved reaction, and he has put wrestling fans of all ages on certain notice of who the future of this company can be. Whoa, that's a bold statement. I know it's a bold statement. I have a lot of faith in Velveteen Dream rising through the ranks. He just cannot be a talent ruined on Raw or SmackDown Live. But I'm going to digress away from that negative point that some NXT talents might be going through and focus on the present. Velveteen Dream going over and timelining his magical NXT developments. I saw just a video recently, earlier today as a matter of fact, the... Patrick Clark experience before Velveteen Dream was his actual in-ring name. He had a he had a Shinsuke Nakamura confrontation, and he's still in his early twenties. He's already been face to face with some of the present greats. His takeover resume speaks for itself. Rivalry of the year in 2017 with Aleister Black, and probably my favorite match at Takeover War Games. I'm a huge Velveteen Dream fan, and I cannot wait to see how bright the spotlight will shine in Brooklyn, because that Barclays Center is going to erupt for him, and I'm hoping it's a worthy opponent for the Velveteen Dream, and it should be a worthy man to step into the spotlight with him, especially trying to follow that unbelievable performance with Ricochet from this past takeover in New Orleans. Just an overall high-stakes NXT episode here, guys. Just great backstage segments, incredible in-ring action, and the NXT women's division came to play this evening. A triple threat number one contention match between Candice LeRae, Nikki Cross, and Kyrie Sane certainly did deliver. Shayna Baszler coming out as well, the NXT women's champion coming out to scout her future possible opponents. And you would have thought that Santa Claus entered the room with the way Nikki Cross was grinning ear to ear and smiling and waving to her, I guess her perceived frenemy or however twisted of a perception Nikki Cross has of Shayna Baszler, something brought upon that twisted sister's smile. Chaos early definitely favored the twisted sister of sanity but just a couple quick thoughts on Shayna Baszler's commentary performance. I didn't think it was over the top. I didn't think it was I didn't think it was great, but Shayna Baszler, she's just one of those talents that it's all in the ring with her. She's got a simple persona that's delivered. She's definitely made me a hater of hers. As a martial artist, nobody is more anti-bullying than me. I liked the feet up on the desk. I thought that was a nice touch. But Shayna Baszler's dismissive attitude might be costing her on this road to NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Now let's focus on her future possible opponents. The crowd was split on the certain for all of these talented women. Kyrie Sane, Nikki Cross, 
and Candice LeRae each earning their slight bit of slice of the pie from the NXT audience. Some great standout matches, some great standout moves in the standout match, I guess I should say. An inverted DDT on the ramp to LeRae, but a flatline DDT combo ends Moonsault by Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae got a chance to eat as much offense as she was able to deliver, and she definitely proved why Johnny Gargano sees her as his favorite wrestler. Candice unfortunately neutralized by Cross after a broken pin. Cross would fight for that second shot and trying to fold up Kyrie Sane for that possible win. Candice able to delay the elevated purge on Kyrie Sane but also costing herself the match in the process. Candice, in return of delivering that just slight bit of delay, left Kyrie Sane up on the top rope. A moonsault by Loray to an insane elbow by Kyrie. One, two, three. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a May Young Classic rematch happening in Brooklyn. Kyrie Sane is your number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. Kyrie versus Shayna. It's a rubber match. It's a championship match. Each woman has a victory over each other. Kyrie Sane winning the Mae Young Classic Finals, but Shayna Baszler able to deliver on an NXT television episode none too long ago. So NXT Women's Division action tearing it up on the screen for NXT this evening, women's division action developing outside with Diana Perazzo and Io Shirai in the future May Young Classic 2. So, on any thoughts regarding not just NXT women's action, but I recently binged myself through Glow, so if you have any thoughts on NXT or Netflix women's action, you can reach out to me with either subject and, of course, anything going on in the world of professional wrestling, I am more than happy to interact. But if you're sitting here and you're here for the NXT discussion, I cannot thank you anymore. Whether it be your first time or over 60th time, you guys are what make this all possible. I am CD Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT coverage. Please follow me on the social media at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter at Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word, is the Instagram where you will find a featured advertisement for an NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4 after party. It's a comedy show with talented buddies over in the Comedians of, Comedians of Wrestling podcast group on Facebook. Follow at COW Podcast for their show, The Talented Dan Black. Some of you guys may have seen the basketball in comparison to professional wrestling stand-up joke. Yeah, that guy's incredibly talented, and he's putting on a set and opening up for Dolph Ziggler at Caveat at midnight after NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. It's on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. It's approximately 28 minutes by train, so if you can make the trek out there after Brooklyn TakeOver, give me a shout-out. I'll be there. More than happy to share a couple drinks and NXT discussion, and of course, reactions to TakeOver with the bundle of you guys. Follow the Facebook as well, Undisputed Future Podcast, and thank you for listening to me on whatever your favorite podcasting platform may be. SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, 
Stitcher. I'm on all of those third-party sites as well. Thank you to any podcast who interacts with we, with me, live tweeting Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-views, NXT television. I could not be doing this without your support. Once again, CD Danny Mac at C-D-A-N-N-Y-M-A-C on Twitter if you want to follow my personal account. That's a whole lot of occasional wrestling thoughts, but mostly quotes from The Office. But thank you guys for reaching out. Thank you for listening. Enjoy this beautiful weather if you're on the East Coast. And for anybody listening, happy Rusev Day. And I will talk to you next time on this road to NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4.